Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Lord, you kept me. You never left me. You stood by my side. So many times I strayed away. Old man death tried to take me in. But the reason I'm here is easy to say. So easy to explain was God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. God's grace, y'all. God's grace. His amazing grace. God's grace. I made it this far. I made it this far. many times I strayed away even though I needed your love still I wouldn't obey God's grace and mercy that brought me all the way God's grace God's grace God's grace God's grace God's grace y'all his amazing grace. God's grace. I made it this far. I made it this far. By the grace of God. Anybody want to know? God's grace. Just how I made it. God's grace. Anybody want to know? God's grace. Just how I got here. God's grace. Praise the Lord for this opportunity. I thank our Reverend Dr. Classy Preston, our senior pastor here at Pleasant Grove Church, for this opportunity for me to share the message of Jesus Christ with you. I don't take this lightly. It never fails. It always seems that pastor reaches out to me at a time when I'm dealing with a lot in my own personal life and in the lives of my family. And one of the things we've been dealing with recently is my brother's health, Isaac. And I'm sure many of you have been praying for him 
Many of you have heard about him, um, but God's been gracious. God opened the door for him to come all the way from Uganda because of your prayers. He was able to get major surgery uh, this past Friday for his brain tumor and is in Duke right now recovering. So I want to just say thank you. God's grace is so good to us. And without that, we wouldn't be here. I thank you for your prayers. I just wanted to testify because I know that our God is good. This week has been one of my toughest weeks. Just hearing about Jalen's passing, I'm still processing all of that. And I know that many of us in, in this church, we're processing, and we don't really understand why. But I want us to lift up uh, Jalen's family just to pray for God's comfort because it's a tough time for them, and I'm sure for many of us who've lost loved ones or those who are dealing with illnesses or whatever it is, it's a tough season. So I want us to pray before I start on the message today. Heavenly Father, we are nothing without you. Father, we thank you because it's your grace that has brought us this far. God, it's because of your mercies that we're here today. God, it's because of your goodness and your kindness that we're here. And so today, I want to remember Jalen's family, oh God. Father, this is a tough season for them. Father, we, they may not understand the reasons why you took Jalen this early in his life. But God, we know that you are still enthroned above and you care about your people. So Father God, I pray that you will embrace them with your presence and with your power. God, that they will know that you love and care for them. Father God, that they will know that even in the midst of this storm, you are there to calm the seas. Father, I just pray that as I share with your people today, give me the words to articulate in the way that they will understand. And Father God, as you have ministered to me through this word, I pray, Heavenly Father, that they too will be ministered to. God, give us a heart and a passion to serve your people. Father, give us a heart to make disciples, oh God, because that is what you have called us to do. So, Father, again, I pray that I will decrease as you increase in our lives. Let your word go forth to do that which you have desired for it to do. I pray asking all of these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Making disciples. Making disciples may sometimes seem like a daunting task. However, as Dr. Ken Hemphill in his book Splash demonstrates, it is as simple as showing people love and sharing Christ. Making disciples requires that we tell others about Christ, train them to make disciples, take on humility, and sacrifice some of our comforts. In John Chapter 1, verses 35 to 42, we will look at four points about what it takes for us to make disciples. A quick background to this passage is John, the disciple of Jesus Christ. In John chapter 21, verse 24, it says that he's the beloved disciple of Jesus Christ. So John begins this chapter by telling us about Jesus he says in chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. 
Through him, all things were made, and without, without him, nothing was made that has been made. John, the beloved disciple, continues to tell us about, in verses um, 8 through 34, writing about John the Baptist and how he testified about Jesus Christ. John the Baptist tells us that Jesus is the true light, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John the Baptist also tells us that Jesus is God's chosen one. The setting for our passage today is set in Bethany. If you read verse 28 of chapter 1, it tells us that it was Bethany on the other side of the Jordan. Being a disciple requires, number one, that we be witnesses. I'll read verses 35, and it says, The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. So I want us to focus on the phrase, there again. This implies that John was in the habit or in the custom of sharing about Jesus Christ. It says, there again, John the Baptist was with two of his disciples. So John was accustomed of, to tell others about Jesus Christ. What did he testify about this Christ? He said that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus was a sacrificial lamb. We know that Christ came, he died, he died for us and died for our sins and for the sins of the world. I want you to, when you get home, this is part of your homework, just take time to look at the Old Testament, the sacrificial system in the Old Testament, particularly Leviticus chapter 4 and 5, and compare that with uh, the sacrificial system in the New Testament, which is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse and 10. The difference in those two sacrificial systems is that in the Old Testament, an animal had to die in order that we or individuals, will, their sins were forgiven. Particularly, some of them would give young bulls. Others would give goats. Some others would give a lamb or doves if they couldn't afford to give the bigger items. Some would give pigeons, and others, if they could not afford any of those, the Bible says in Leviticus that they would give fine flour, so a portion of fine flour. But this is something they had to do frequently. They had to, and it, it's not something they could directly go straight to God. They had to have a priest who would sacrifice this offering on their behalf. In the New Testament, however, this is different. Jesus came. The Bible tells us that we did not require the blood of bulls or goats, according to Hebrews, uh, but that Christ came and took away our sins. So Christ came in and paid once for all what we could not have done or what we would have to do frequently 
Christ covered that. So I don't know about you, but as I was preparing, that gave me excitement to know that I don't have to go, you know, have blood shed all the time on my behalf so that my sins would be forgiven. I don't necessarily need a priest to go on my behalf to have my sins forgiven. I have access because of Jesus Christ um, to the throne. And if I, if I sin and I confess my sins, Christ and God will forgive me. So for me, that was exciting just to know that our God loves us so much that he gave us his one and only son, Jesus Christ, whom John tells us is the Lamb of God. Number two, making disciples requires that we train others. Let us look again at verses 35. It says, the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. Notice that it's two disciples who are with John the Baptist. John took them under his wings. This demonstrates how to witness through actions. John did not necessarily have to have uh, formal instruction with these particular disciples. The Bible says he was with them, meaning that wherever they went, these disciples were with John. Likewise, when we think about Jesus Christ, he taught his disciples sometimes by example, and other times he taught them through the parables. For three years, we know that Jesus' disciples walked with him. The 12 disciples walked with Jesus. They watched him minister to other people, and they likewise had an opportunity to minister after Jesus was done with his ministry. So what I glean from both John's and Jesus' actions is that it is important for us to lead by example. There are many times when our witness may require that we demonstrate our actions, but we demonstrate our faith through actions. However, there are other times that we may have to formally teach people how to make disciples. As believers and as a church, it is vital that we train others how to witness by being intentional on taking on someone, maybe two, under your wings, or more if you're able to, and train those individuals so that they too can become and make disciples. Parents, this means that you can take, take your child as you go out, as you share the gospel, take your children with, with you, let them see you share the gospel with others. May they also see you walk with those individuals and train them as they grow in their walk with Jesus Christ. One of the things we used to do at Agape Baptist Church in Kampala, Uganda, where I grew up, was we had a week of evangelism where we, as a church, corporately, we would evangelize to our communities nearby. And each, when it was set for that time for evangelism, anyone, any member of the church was invited. Whether you're older, whether you're younger, we never sent anyone away. So during those times, I had an opportunity to work with a young man, uh, as young as eight, maybe nine years old. That week, we went together, we knocked on doors, we shared the gospel, all along while he watched. Finally, 
toward the end of the week, he came to me and asked, he said, can I share with the next individuals that we meet? And I realized that he had been watching me. He had been looking and trying to understand how he himself can also make disciples. You see, he had watched me for a few days, and now he had the confidence to share. So let us demonstrate through our actions, but also let us just take someone along with you so that they can see what you do, and in turn, they too can share the gospel with other individuals. Our next point is making disciples requires that we are humble. In verse 37, it reads, When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went so where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. In verse 37, we see that John, in the beginning, when we looked at verses 35 and 36, John had the two disciples. However, now, once they had heard that Jesus was the Lamb, of God, they decided to leave John and go with Jesus. I don't know about you, but oftentimes when you train someone and you've brought someone under your wings, it's sometimes difficult to let that individual go to be with someone else or let alone go to another church. But as you look at this text, never do we see John complaining, but instead he let his disciples go. His action exemplifies humility. He was humble enough to know his assignment. And because he knew his assignment, he let the disciples go to be with Jesus. John knew that he was the forerunner for the ministry, for Jesus' ministries, as you read the gospel, but in particular, as you read the previous verses in chapter 1 of John, you'll see that he knew, John knew that he was the forerunner for Jesus Christ. John knew that he was the voice calling out in the wilderness, saying, Make straight the way of the Lord, in John chapter 1, 23. John himself testified that he was not the light, in verse 8. And in verses 19 to 28, when the priests and the Levites questioned John, asking whether he was Elijah or the prophet or the Messiah, he admitted that he was none of those. In Sunday school, we talked about how John could have used this opportunity to draw attention to himself, but instead he did not. John remained true to his task. Likewise, we must be humble, especially when God elevates us in our ministries. We must remain true to our calling. We should be honest with those who we minister to so that if they ask us any questions, we do not mislead them. And our fourth point is that of sacrifice. Making disciples requires that we sacrifice. In verses 38 to 39, it reads, Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi which means, teacher, where, where are you staying? 
Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. So the writer of, of the book of John is very specific. In this case, the two disciples gave up their time. They spent time with Jesus Christ. It says it was about 4 p.m., which means they spent almost the whole day with Jesus Christ. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, Abraham was called to leave his country to go to another land. As you read those uh, verses in Genesis 12, verse 1 through 14, you'll see that Abraham left his country, his people, and also his father's household. In Matthew 4, verse 18 to 22, the disciples sacrificed their profession. Andrew, Simon, James, and John were fishermen. But when Jesus called them, they left everything, they left their profession, and went with Jesus Christ. Today, God requires for us to give up something in order to make disciples. For some of us, he wants us to give up our time. Others, it might be your profession. Maybe it's money, maybe it's talent, or maybe it's about leaving the comfort of your home and going to another country or another state to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Personally, I've had many experiences where I've had to sacrifice the comforts of my home or the comforts of living in the U.S. to go back to Africa and share with the people in Africa. And even in Uganda, I've had to leave the comforts of living in the city to go to the rural area in order to share and make disciples. So today, God is asking you to give up something. What are you going to do? What are you going to give up? Sometimes he may ask us to go out and make disciples while you're sick. We see that with um, the Apostle Paul. At one point, he says, the Bible tells us that he had a thorn in his flesh, yet he did not give up sharing the gospel. I do not know what God is asking of you today, but I do know that based on scripture, God wants us to sacrifice something. Matthew 16, 24 reads, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. Today's scripture, John chapter 1, 35 through 42, is about making disciples. And how do we do that? It requires that we are witnesses for Jesus Christ. It requires that we train other people. It requires that we are humble and have humility in us, and also that we sacrifice some of our comforts. As I conclude, I would like to borrow a few words from one of my sisters, Lily, in Uganda. Every time we talk, we always end up, especially when we have something that we've discussed that we need to do, she always ends up asking me, so what are the action points? Or what is your takeaway? So in today's, so with today's message, I would like to ask the que same question. What are your action points? Or what is the takeaway for you today? This was my takeaway, and these were my action points. 
action point number one is tell others about Jesus Christ. Begin where you are. Take someone under your wings. Train someone or two or maybe more, but make it a point to have someone that you can walk along with and share with Jesus Christ. Point number three, my action point, is be humble. And number four, let go of some of your comforts. May God bless you. www.pgc-carry.org Thank you again.